Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Boston Celtics look like title favorites for much of the season. Lately, things have taken a turn. Are we still talking about the Celtics winning it all? Plus, parity isn't always a good thing. Just ask college basketball. And the Jets may keep their first round pick, but that doesn't mean they're getting a discount on Aaron Rodgers. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The top of the Eastern Conference is going to come down to the wire, which means the Boston Celtics cannot afford to lose games like they did on Tuesday night to the Wizards, 130-111. to They're two and a half games back of the Milwaukee Bucks, who clinched the Central Division. John Corrales from Locked On Celtics joins me now. And, and John, the backdrop of, of all of this is uh, an enormous piece with Jalen Brown and, and some simmering confusion, unhappiness there. Where where do we stand with Boston right now as we head into the postseason? I mean, I, it felt like the prior three games that they had figured it out, that they had righted what was wrong. It's it's basically a, a mindset thing, an effort thing. Um, it, it, there's nothing that's systematically wrong with these guys. They're all really, really good. Jason Tatum is really good. Jalen Brown is really good. Uh, they, they have a lot of really good players. They are a really good team. However, on a night like this where they come out and and started out well enough, but but eventually they just let certain things get to them, missed shots, they let the other team get comfortable and they, they can't really turn off the water. Those nights are when their mentality is really tested. And when they just don't have that 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 gear to to hit they, where they can pull out of things like this, then you really get to see that. They are a talented team, but not one of the truly great teams that can kind of coast through three quarters and then turn it on. They either need to have it on or or they don't. And and sometimes and too often against these bad teams, they don't. I know that there is some some agita among Celtics fans about the coaching. And and Ime Udoka last year was was credited with giving a lot of heart and and grit to this team to overcome some of that adversity to stay focused when they, they that focus might wane how much of this do you think is whether it's a coaching problem a coaching adjustment or but let's just put it under the the umbrella of coaching sure that there's some of it i don't know how much i don't know what the percentage is but look joe mazula is a young coach he yeah. hasn't really had a ton of experience in the league in general, it's not that he's just a first-time head coach. It's that he hasn't had much time in the league. He's only been around for a few years. Prior to that, he was coaching in D2. So as, as much as he can be a great mind, a great thinker, a, a person who approaches the game in a unique and, and innovative way, there are things that are happening during the course of the season that a seasoned head coach might handle differently. There are points in this game where maybe you realize, okay, here are the Celtics doing this thing again, where they struggle and they, you can see the pattern. You, you can kind of, it's like a color by numbers at this point, you can see what's coming. So maybe a more seasoned coach would say, you know what? Forget the matchups, forget the size, forget all that stuff. We're going with, with Peyton Pritchard. He's back third quarter. Let's just get two minutes of Peyton Pritchard. What's the worst that can happen? We're already down 22 to the wizards without Bradley Beal and, and all those guys. 
just just put him in and see what he can do. And hey, that bench unit came back and and cut the lead to 12. So maybe a little energy shift would have helped there. Maybe it wouldn't have, but he he doesn't have that thing, that feel to say, I'm going to go with something a little bit different here. And that's that's where I think the biggest concern is. I think he has the respect of the team. I think they listen to him. I don't think this is anything like that. But I just think the one thing that he lacks is a true feel for the game that just comes with experience. They have a monster game on Thursday night uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and, and they're they're going to be right down to the wire. It could, in fact, be this game, especially if the Bucks win. Um, that will that will come pretty close to salting this oh, the, this one seed it. away um, in the Eastern Conference. So, what what is Boston going to need to do to win this game to keep them in that one seed mix? Well, I mean, I honestly, I, I'm questioning whether they're in the one seed mix anymore. Mm-hmm. So, they uh, unless the Pacers do the Celtics a favor and get them to within two. Uh, and beat the beat the the Bucks on Wednesday night, but two and a half games. If the if the Bucks win, it's a three game lead with six to go. That's almost impossible. You, yeah. you got to win that game, and you got to hope now that they lose twice more in that stretch. That that's too much to ask. Stay up to date all year on the Boston Celtics by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Celtics on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, is parity really a good thing? College basketball, especially on the men's side right now, not so sure. Before we get to that, the NFL is agreeing to some rule changes. The tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up today to claim your first no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. I bet some of those teams wish they had some no-sweat first bets in the tournament. They might still be playing. Or you can check out the massive line on the Bucks and Pacers. FanDuel has the Bucks favored by 11.5 in Indy. It's all on an app that is safe secure and super easy to use so don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up make every moment more with FanDuel do you ever search something on the internet that you don't want anyone else to know do you ever think I hope no one else ever finds out I can't spell onto Takumbo well most of you are probably thinking why don't you just use an incognito mode Let me tell you something, incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter who your internet service provider is. ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure server so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. I have it on right now, in fact. It's running seamlessly in the background and it's so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on your all your devices phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. 
Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash locked, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash locked, expressvpn.com slash locked to learn more. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. A few decisions have been made on some critical NFL rules, like if players can wear certain jersey numbers and how many Thursday night games a team can plan for. The league voted Tuesday to allow all players other than offensive and defensive linemen to wear jersey number zero. Don't know why they're doing that to our chunky brethren. The proposal was submitted by the Philadelphia Eagles and also allows kickers and punters to use any jersey number between zero and 49 and 90 to 99. Again, not sure why that was ever a problem. Clubs also agreed to modify the existing rule and allow teams to play a maximum of two short week games. A matter of flexing Thursday night games was tabled after vehement opposition from New York Giants owner John Mara, who said, Sorry folks, that game you were planning on taking your kids to on Sunday at 1, now it's on Thursday night. What are we thinking about? My thoughts exactly. Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, and Coach Greg Popovich are among the finalists elected into a starry Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame class, this one in 2023, according to an ESPN report on Tuesday. International stars Pau Gasol and Tony Parker, along with WNBA legend Becky Hammond, have also been voted into the class. A formal announcement on the full class of 2023 will come Saturday at the NCAA Men's Basketball Final Four in Houston. The Toronto Raptors got a big win over the Miami Heat to make it back to 500 and bring them within two games of the Heat for seventh in the East. Plan the parade. The Toronto Raptors are 500 once again. Sean Woodley here from Lockdown Raptors to break down the Toronto Raptors 106-92 win over the Miami Heat in a game that pushes the Raptors to 38-38, gets them back to 500 for the very first time since December the 9th when they were 13 and 13. They'd had multiple chances to get to 500 in recent weeks and failed each time, but this is a big one. You beat the Heat. Now they're just two games behind Miami for the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference with the tiebreaker in hand as well. That could mean something. Also, you have the Atlanta Hawks and Chicago Bulls vying for the all-important eighth seed in the plane as well. And for the Raptors in this one, this was about their offensive problem solving, and in particular, the way Scotty Barnes helped this Raptors offense flow. Barnes was incredible in the first half. He had 18 points by the middle of the first quarter, middle of the second quarter, that is. And he finished this game with 22 points to go along with a career-high 12 assists. And speaking of 500, that's also where the Atlanta Hawks find themselves after beating a shorthanded Cavs team. Hello, friends. My name is Brad Roland. The Atlanta Hawks continue to hang around the 500 mark as they have been all season long. They're now 38 and 38 after a home win over the shorthand Cleveland Cavs on Tuesday evening. Jonathan Murray bounced back in a big way with 29 points, putting a couple big shots late in this one. And the Hawks avoided a disaster. They were up 15 points in the fourth quarter. It got pretty tight late with Donovan Mitchell going off in the second half of this contest. But the Hawks were able to do just enough down the stretch to emerge victorious. Uh, Freaker down the stretch. And then Donovan Mitchell had a heave at the buzzer that nearly went for Cleveland. But it, uh, in the end, it went begging, and the Hawks escaped to extend their NBA record-long streak of consecutive games within one game of 500, 30 straight games of the Hawks being within one, one game of 500 for the season. And uh, on this night, though, a lot of positivity, a uh, nice performance from the bench in this game as well, and uh, generally speaking, an upbeat night for the Hawks as they approach the stretch run with six games remaining. We'll have the full breakdown of this game and more on the Hawks podcast. 
And on the ice, the Pittsburgh Penguins fading fast from the playoff picture. Pittsburgh Penguins continue to be one of the most mid-teams in the league. Hey everyone, I'm Hunter Hodes here with the Lockdown Penguins podcast, back with another Lockdown Now video as the Penguins fall to the Detroit Red Wings 7-4 to on Tuesday night in the game where they needed to bank points. 4-4 late in the third period, could not take a penalty there. Brian Russ has been having a dreadful season, takes a penalty, David Perron scores just a few seconds later, and then scores again about a minute later, game's over, and that's the third time in basically a week the Penguins have not gotten a point in the from a third period in a tie game and that's just that might cost them late in the regular season as they try to push for the playoffs in these final eight games for more on the Pittsburgh penguins you can check out the locked on penguins podcast wherever you get your podcasts here is another story you need to know the 2023 men's final four is not exactly the who's who of men's college basketball it's not quite the who's not but it's not not San Diego State and FAU take on one another on one side of the bracket, and then it is Miami and UConn on the other. Isaac Shade from Locked On College Basketball joins me now, and and Isaac, I know we love the upsets, and a lot of these games have been terrific games, but it seems like every year we get to a point in the tournament where the upsets are no longer fun because some really good schools take on these, you know, um, Cinderella stories, and we get one of those 80 to 46 kind of games. We haven't gotten that yet, but it seems like still, this is the point in the tournament where we start to go, is this really what we want? Yeah, absolutely. Peter, what's good for content for me as the host of Locked On College Basketball, what's good for the execs at TBS and CBS, the good people, uh, is this. We want the upsets in the first weekend of the tournament, uh-huh. and then we want to see the cream rise to the top <laughs> right. in the second weekend and into the final four, because that's what keeps eyeballs and ears hanging around is when the biggest names in the sport are still around. You look at the sheer contrast from last year's final four to this year's. Hmm. Last year in the final four, we had a school called North Carolina. Ever heard of it? Duke. One called Kansas and one called Villanova. (laughs) I've heard of a couple of them, and I think they've each won a few national championships here or there. This year, you've got a school in UConn that's the only school of the four left that's won a national championship. And somehow they seem to be the team that always rises out out of these random years. 2014, here comes UConn out of a whole bunch of weirdness. 2011, same thing. And you look at Florida Atlantic. They had never won an NCAA tournament game before this season. You look at San Diego State. They are the first Mountain West school to ever make it even to the Elite Eight, much less the Final Four. And then you got Miami. Last year was their first ever Elite Eight, and they followed up this year with a Final Four run. And so while it's fun, it isn't for Johnny Q basketball fan. Yeah, it's while it's fun, it's fun while it lasts. And I, I, I just I worry if if it's going to last through all of this. And it does stand in, in contrast to what's going on on the women's side, where we just saw um, we, we ESPN re- released the numbers that the the Iowa game with Caitlin Clark had 2.5 million viewers, which was more than any NBA game on ESPN's air over the course of this season. We want star power. We want to see Aaliyah Boston and Caitlin Clark go at it, and that's what what this tournament gives us, but it seems like this goes back to something that you and I talk about all the time, both on and off the air, that name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal 
has leveled the playing field so much that this is just going to be more open than ever, ever seemingly every year. I absolutely agree with that. For the third season in a row, we have a 15 seed that's made it to the second weekend. For just the second time ever, we had a, a 16 seed upset a one seed. By the way, this was a play-in 16 seed right. this year. I don't think this is going away, Peter. I, and I, I'm not going to say it's the norm, but I think we're going to continue to see more and more of this. Something I like to look at is what I call seed aggregate, where you just add up all the seed numbers of the teams left. This year's final four seed aggregate is the second highest ever at 23 when you add up all uh, of the numbers of those teams left. Folks probably are aware, but let me make sure. This was the first time since the tournament expanded back in 1985 that zero number one seeds made the Elite Eight. I think this parody is here to stay. I would, I would have to assume that that Jim Laranega has been part of two of those highest seeds because I have to think the George Mason team that they they contributed they were like half of whatever the number was whenever they in the tournament. So there's just something about Jim Laranega, and I do think that's that's a great story by the way that he is able to do this. Miami and not the program that George Mason was at the time, but pretty remarkable that that he is here again with another program at 73 years old. It really is neat. And by the way, his two times advancing to the final four happened exactly 17 years apart. Wow. Stay up to date all here on college basketball by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On College Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the Jets may be keeping that first rounder, but that doesn't mean they're getting a good deal on Aaron Rodgers. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the Coconut Puff. Absolutely, unassailably my favorite. And when you vote for your favorite bar puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to their door. You have to try Built. It's the best protein bar ever. You might not believe me. If you don't believe me, you have to try them for yourselves because they're high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste like a candy bar, but hit all of the macros that you're looking for. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. When Aaron Rodgers made it clear he wanted to play for the New York Jets, it seemed as though the Jets had a ton of pressure on them to get a deal done. Not enough pressure, though, as it seems to keep their first rounder. John Butchko from Locked On Jets believes this is no reason to think the Jets are getting this deal on the cheap. I think the first thing that, that really kind of jumps off the page here is the Packers seem to no longer be seeking a first round pick, the 13th overall pick in exchange for Rodgers, which to me ceased to make sense a long time ago. You know, I, it felt like at the beginning of the offseason, it was likely you were giving up a first round pick, but... As things have progressed, there really was no reason for the Jets to give up a first-round pick. There never was a reason to expect the Jets to give up a first-round pick. It, it frankly would have been a terrible job by the Jets if they gave up a first-round pick. I, I can't even. I don't even want to give the Jets too much credit because it just would have been a ridiculous trade to give up a first-round pick when you're taking on a bad contract, when there's nobody else who's really interested. I, I really don't see the logic behind that. So, and even yesterday when he spoke to the media, the Packers general manager 
he kind he kind of conceded that the Packers were probably not going to get first get a first round for Rodgers. Uh, he said that it was not a precondition to making a trade. So it, it always felt like the Packers were going to have to back off that demand. Now, what are the Jets giving up? Well, you know, I think because the the focus has been so much on the first round pick, there's going to be a perception out there that this is a, a small price for the Jets to pay, which it is not. I mean, I think if you're going to be objective, if you're going to be fair here, giving up two second round picks is an enormous price to pay for, you know, for almost any player. But it's especially enormous if we're talking about a guy who's really a rental player. And so I don't think you can look at this and say the Jets are getting a steal of a, of a trade here because second round picks are valuable. And I know the people want to make the argument that because the Jets have had a bad second round history, that somehow means second round picks are not valuable. No, that means the Jets need better people making the picks. I think it's easy to say, look, it's one year. And for one year, the compensation has to meet that one year. Okay, except quarterbacks are different. Carson Wentz was traded for a pick that became a first-round pick, a conditional first-round pick. He was bad and then traded for multiple day-two picks. The Falcons ate almost as much, tens of millions, as the Packers will have to eat in dead money on their cap for Matt Ryan, and he still got a third-round pick. These little little picks for one year, it's not the sacrifice that some have made it seem. Sam Darnold was traded for more than just a day two pick. And I don't, I don't believe I even have to say this, but um, Aaron Rodgers was the two-time reigning league MVP this time last year. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. One year of Aaron Rodgers is worth any shot at upside for Carson Wentz or Sam Darnold or any one-year run that you might take with Matt Ryan or two-year or three-year run for that matter. Although in Indianapolis's case, it turned out to just be one year. You have to pay for premium positions and you have to pay for premium talent. And finally, Connor McDavid picked up an assist for his 140th point of the season on Monday night. He became the first hockey player to hit that mark since the 95-96 season when Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager both eclipsed the 140-point mark for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's also the first Oiler to hit that mark since, you guessed it, the great one. Wayne Gretzky did it in 87-88. While he regarded as the best player in the sport, McDavid also just became the seventh player in NHL history with 60 goals and 80 assists in a season. Incredible that the Oilers had the original great one, and now, at least for this generation, and this league, they have the new right one. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, it is opening day in Major League Baseball, so at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.